Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. pretty safe to say that racism has been around for a very long time. I mean, think about it. It's a huge part of our country's history. Now, I'm not sure if you remember, but during the 2020 pandemic, hundreds of protests spread across the globe highlighting racial inequalities people were facing. I'm talking about places like Brazil and all over the world, right? So naturally, the civil unrest made its way to Christian communities. Now, these conversations were so uncomfortable, it had Christians even thinking if they were themselves racist as well. Flawed, sinful people. Matter of fact, if you look at Jim Crow laws and if you look through history, you will see that some people thought that segregation was godly. They would go mm-hmm. to church with a Bible and then hold up a sign yes. saying, keep us apart. Yeah. And they got it out of the Bible. What's that? That is a perversion and a twisting of the scripture. Now. In today's episode, Anthony has a real conversation with the As It Is In Heaven pastor, Ken Clater, about the importance of race and Christianity, as well as the church resembling heaven right now. So listen, today's conversation was so convicting, Anthony. Sometimes I felt like giving up on white people because of what my black brothers and sisters have. And in some seasons, it was the stress from the black community that stressed me out more than the white community. Mm. Now, before we hop into today's show, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And now let's jump into today's show. So, Pastor Ken, um, I did some research, man, um, and I and I learned that there was over eleven thousand books mm-hmm. on racism. And as someone who I look up to, and I've been, man, I've been following you for years now, mm. and we've been friends for years. And I, I didn't know you had a passion about 
you know, racism or, or just really pretty much gathering the people together. Right. With 11,000 books already being written on racism, <laughs> uh, what did you see missing from the conversation that you wanted to contribute with this amazing book, As It Is in Heaven, mm -hmm. how a church that resembles heaven can help heal our racial divide? Out of those 11,000 books, my question would be how many of them have a spiritual tone or look to scriptures or look to the kingdom as the center or the foundation of what they're building on? Mm. And I wonder how many that would be. I know that we don't know out of those 11,000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for me, it wasn't to write a book from a black perspective or a white perspective okay. or a Democratic or Republican perspective. Yeah. It was to get a kingdom perspective Ooh. and to really try to get a spiritual perspective because if we were honest, We've heard a lot about racism. I mm -hmm. mean, there's been a lot of work done in the natural. Mm -hmm. There is a lot of wonderful organizations, but it ain't going nowhere mm -hmm. because racism is not a skin issue. It's a sin issue. So it is a spiritual problem that you can only fix with spiritual warfare and spiritual foundation and principles. Ooh. And so we wrote this book with that in mind. So th th <clears throat> let's, let's talk about that without giving your entire book away because uh -huh. we're going to be uh, giving away at least, at least five copies of this book today. Mm -hmm. um, you have to be subscribed to the email list to get these books. Um, so you definitely want to go into the today's show notes uh, to get to enter a chance to, get to win one of these books. But we're definitely going to drop the link to his Amazon link to go buy it because it's an amazing book. But you said something that's, that's I, I think some people say, I don't know, Pastor. Uh -huh. you, you said, well, it, it's, it's, it's not about a black or white thing. Uh -huh. It's not about a Republican or Democrat thing. Yes, sir. Uh, this is a kingdom thing. It is. And so you're saying that in order to fix racism, uh -huh. we first have to come at it from a kingdom perspective. I believe it. What's the number one thing that you talk about in your book that we need to, where, where do we need to start from the kingdom perspective? Uh, probably doing an inward work, an mm. inside job, and making sure we get God's perspective on race, God's perspective on diversity, okay. God's perspective on humanity, how he's created human beings. Yeah, yeah. Because if we don't have God's view on it, we'll always be fighting a losing battle. Wow. And so we got to do some inside work. There's some forgiveness that needs to happen. Forgiveness, okay, uh, okay. There is some um, decision to love, and real agape love is that I'm not keeping an account of the evil that's been done. To Ooh. Um, there is some intentionality that has to happen because diversity doesn't happen by accident. Yep. There has to be real intentionality to build bridges. No bridges, no bridges shows up. You have to really sow a seed. You have to do some intentional things to build a bridge. I mean, we can go through the list of the things. And so hopefully we've given people tools in their toolbox yeah. with this books to be able to. I don't know if we can end racism because we are in a fallen, broken world mm -hmm. and it's a sinful world. But we can give it a punch in the mouth. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> a punch in the mouth. You said something that is so true because oftentimes, and it's the table, man. You don't have to say nothing because I know you're a pastor. Uh -huh. um, you know what I'm saying? But it's my show. It's like I often hear black people. We always reference well, white people did this wrong. White people uh -huh. doing wrong. White people this. White people that. I'm like, man, uh -huh. when did we move on to that? Well, here's what the scripture says. Mm -hmm. It says that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the battle's never really been whites versus blacks, blacks versus whites, brown versus yellow, or whatever the race is. Right. It really has been people versus the devil. Ooh. And if you can come back and just pull back the curtain and understand that we have an enemy towards our soul, and one of his greatest tools is the spirit of division. Mm -hmm. And he will divide based upon sex, gender. He will divide based upon politics, religion, denominations, and he loves to use the pigment of our skin as a mm -hmm. device. A very small thing in our genetic code, but yeah. he loves to use whatever he can to cause people to be we versus them instead of us versus him. So the issue is the enemy. 
Yeah, there is a spiritual enemy that wars against our soul that loves division. So if I'm a black man, it's not the white man. It's not the white man. If I'm a white man, it's it's not the black man. No, as black people, we know good white people. And as white people, they know good black people. The the devil would love us to stereotype and throw the baby out with the bathwater and say, all white people are this, Uh or all Hispanics are this, or all Koreans are this. But we know that's not true. So I'm going to ask you, let me me ask you a deep question, Uh right? Because you're a pastor, and I'm pretty sure you get this all the time. Mm -hmm. Like, I hear you, pastor. You know, you'd be like, well, if God loves this, why did he let that baby die, Uh right? It's like, on the, on the racial side of thing, if God loves us, <laughs> if if this is a spiritual thing, mm-hmm. why are we seeing African Americans being killed by Caucasian police officers? Mm-hmm. Like, how? What's your spiritual answer mm-hmm. to okay? If if it's a spiritual fight, mm-hmm. how do we do that to protect our loved ones and kids who who? And I and I will respectfully say this is me. This is okay. not Pastor saying. This is me saying this, y'all. Uh-huh. I don't believe every single black person who was killed by by a white person mm-hmm. that was a racial issue. Right. I'm gonna go on record and say that respectfully. Yes, sir. Uh, because I do believe sometimes I'm gonna leave it right there. <laughs> but there, I do believe there are a lot that mm-hmm. there was some issues there from a racism perspective. Mm-hmm. From a pastor, how do you address that to your congregation? You got a huge church, mm-hmm. and how do you address that to the world? Like. Mm-hmm. I hear you, Pastor, and that's spiritual. Mm-hmm. But if it's spiritual, why would God even allow that to happen? Well, oh, man, there's so many ways we can go with that question. Yeah. I think the foundation is, is that we are living in a fallen, broken, sinful world. Mm. Okay, So the foundation is not God's perfect will. It's God's allowed will. Okay. And there's an enemy that's loose. I think the question is, why do good um, bad things happen to good people. Yes, sir. Now, my wife just overcame stage three breast cancer mm. after we've served God for two decades of our life. I don't mm. drink. I don't do drugs. I don't watch pornography. I don't flirt with other women in 20 years. Wow. So why would my wife of 45 years mm-hmm. get breast cancer and all we've done is serve the kingdom and live fully for God for 20 years? Wow. And I learned a principle through chemotherapy and radiation and all the things we went through, and it's called the Palms Up Principle. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, when you don't understand something and you don't like something that God is allowing, you can either get bitter or you can get angry or you can stop believing the Bible or you can put your palms up like this and say, nevertheless, Lord, I trust you. Mm. And the highest form of faith is not as just decreeing and declaring and prophesying and controlling God. It's to say, God, I don't know why you're allowing this. I might not even like it. I might not even agree with it, but I still trust you. Mm. I do not know why God would allow um, division and racism or the devil or sin, but my palms are still up knowing that, God, I still trust you. You're good. The devil's bad, and I'm going to serve you faithfully. Yo, real quick, you guys, are you looking to change your career here in the year of 2023? If so, look no further than Bethel School of Technology, the only Christian online tech boot camp in the world. According to a recent report, black people make up just about 4% of the U.S. technology workforce. But you see, at Bethel Tech, who I've partnered with for this year, they believe that all people, including us black people, should have access to the lucrative and fulfilling opportunities in the tech industry. Now, with their nine program, you'll gain the essential skills you need to start a successful career in technology. And let's not forget the earning potential. You see, according to Indeed, the average salary of a software developer in the U.S. is around $103,000. Say what? You know, you can choose from programs like the cybersecurity and UI UX design and launch your tech career or even a tech business ignited with passion and purpose. So listen, we're going to skip the debt and we're going to invest into yourself for just nine months that can change the next nine years of your life. All you got to 
do is join Bethel Tech today to achieve your career aspirations. Visit anthonyoneal.com slash Bethel or click the link in today's show notes today so you can register and start a new journey of your life. Now, you know what? Let's get back to the show because this is a good one today. Let's keep it a buck. Pastor Spiritual, that sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what is the objection, though? There's no objection. Uh-huh. It's just like, from a practical standpoint, uh-huh. how do you do that in the middle of the in the middle of that? So what we're talking about is fear, though. Yeah. Right? So let's say that I'm afraid to be pulled over by the police. Yeah. Or I'm afraid, statistically, as a black man, to be, um, you know, identified by the police, and there's an injustice that happens. Right. Well. Practically, I walk by faith and not by sight. Mm -hmm. And no matter what it is, there's always a risk. There's always a risk. You get on a plane, there's a risk. You drive down a car, there's a risk. Mm -hmm. You're getting struck by lightning, there's a risk. Mm -hmm. But for me as a spiritual individual, and people who are not spiritually might not understand this, but me, my faith is on his word. So when the Bible says, no weapon formed against me shall Shall prosper, prosper, I believe that if I'm driving in Alabama, South Carolina, New York, wherever I am, and you know, and the truth is, is that I, as a black man, have been pulled over by the police mm-hmm. many times and have been treated very fairly. Mm-hmm. I was pulled over one time in Gainesville, Florida, and um, uh, there was a, um, a sobriety checkpoint, mm-hmm. and I decided to bust a U. Next thing I know, and I'm driving a black on black Benz, yeah, yeah, tenant windows, yeah, yeah, probably illegal tenant windows, right. He pulls up to me, rolls the window down. My wife starts giving the guy the business. Why'd you pull us over? I need to get home to be with my baby. I'm like, baby, calm down with all that. The man go run my tag and he comes back and he's like, listen, I want you to get home to your family. Have a good night. It's okay. You know, and I'm not, and I know that there has been a lot of injustices, but there's also some good officers out there. There are some, so it's, so basically when we hear of something in the media, then the spirit of fear jumps on it as if that's going to be the normal situation. Mm. And sometimes we don't hear any of the positive. We only hear the negative. Mm. And so I don't know. I know it's a spiritual thing, but we walk by faith. Well, the reason that I wouldn't give up on white people or black people or yellow people or a whole people group is number one, because I have history. And thank God that I've had relationships in elementary and middle school, had a friend named Jeremy and a friend named Sean. So even when white people or people that look different from me do something, I don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. And I think that's very important that you allow people to get in your refrigerator. What do I mean by that? You know, people can come over my house and you can meet me in the garage. You can even come into my family room, sit on my couch and watch TV. But there's only a few people that are opening up my refrigerator. Those are inner circle relationships. And most black people don't have white people that they allow in their family room, nor less in their refrigerator. Most white people don't have black people. Most brown people don't have yellow people. What I'm saying is, whatever your ethnicity happens to be, what if you were intentional about creating the kind of space where you brought other ethnicities of people close and you let them in your refrigerator? No, you're right, man. Yeah. You're you're, you're absolutely right. I think we, one of the things I learned over the last, I would say, eight years um, is I had to tune out the media. Yeah. I had to tune out sometimes my own brothers and sisters who look like me. Right. Because I was going into an amazing um, organization to where 95% of the people did not look like me. Mm -hmm. And when I hear the media, Mm -hmm. it's 
white, 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 don't, white, don't, white, don't, white, don't. And I, and all I'm going into is white. Mm -hmm. And so then fear mm -hmm. and, and thoughts was in my head and I'm walking into an environment mm -hmm. and all I see is what people tell me I shouldn't like, what I shouldn't love. Mm -hmm. And I started looking at, at at these individuals wrong, all the white people in my world wrong, like y'all don't, y'all. And, and instantly it was so funny. I heard in my spirit saying, I made them the same way I made you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Are they perfect? No. Are you perfect? No. Mm -hmm. So love all people. Mm -hmm. And the ones who do you wrong, you step away from them. Mm -hmm. You know, and I had to really get that out of my head because. I was like, man, why, why are you doing this? So now I, I really don't watch media that much. Right. I watch it to hear about the weather, right. <laughs> yeah. you know, to see if it's cold. I'm a black man. I don't like being cold. <laughs> uh, but as far as in the other stuff, man, it, it, yeah. it, it can get in your head. And the enemy, like mm -hmm. you said, like, see, that's why you shouldn't that's be. That's why you shouldn't. That's why you shouldn't. Mm -hmm. and, and it caused internal division. Right. That eventually became external division. Right. And I was like, yo, Anthony, you played a role in that. Right. As a pastor, man, one of the things that I struggle with, right, is before joining like Ramsey Solutions, mm -hmm. and I love my family over there. What's up, fam? Um, I was in the black church. I was an associate pastor mm -hmm. um, at the Bethel Church um, in Fayetteville. I mean, it, pretty much 99% of church was all black. Right. Then I transitioned and went to pretty much an organization that was like 95, 96, all white. Right. And I was like, man. Then when I go to church, mm -hmm. it's the most segregated day yeah, yeah. of the week. Right. And white people said, oh, I love Jesus. We worshiping. Right. Black people, we, we oh, I love Jesus. We worshiping. Right. But then when I look up and I'm worshiping, mm -hmm. I don't see mm -hmm. heaven. Wow. But we're in church. Right, we're in church. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, man, if 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 I go into a job and I don't see people who look like me or people who don't look like me on a regular, right? right then I go to church. Right. But everyone says we love Jesus. Right. But I look to my left and look to my right. I don't see no one who look like like the heaven. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Why do you believe? I would say this. Yeah, yeah. Why do you believe race is such a loaded question? And why uh, and why do you believe mm -hmm. there's so much division in the church? Right. When it comes to pretty much looking like heaven. Yeah. I think race is such a loaded question because um well, let me jump to the second question. Yeah, yeah. Let me jump to the second question. So the second question is because the church is a social construct. Mm. Monday through Friday, we will work together in the corporate construct mm -hmm. because the money's green. Yep, yep. Um, on Saturday, we'll pass the pigskin together because we want to win the championship. Um, the church is a social construct, meaning that you only invite who you know. And if all you know is black people, you only can bring black people to church with you. If all you know is white people, that's who you're going to do life with. Mm -hmm. It is not a corporate or a team construct. It is a social construct. And so now we have to be intentional about the relationships that we have outside of the church so that we can make disciples. Yeah. Now, let me share this with you because this is powerful. Okay. Um, the, the last command is our first concern, is yeah. what we say as Christians, which is Matthew 28, 18. It says, go into the world, make disciples of mm -hmm. what? all nations. Yeah. The last command is a multi-ethnic command. 
the last command of Jesus is actually to go to the world and make disciples of all nations, meaning that there's power in the gospel enough to break down the barriers that divide us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People say that that's the last thing that Jesus said. Yeah. No, that's the last thing that he said before his crucifixion. Yeah. The last thing Jesus said was Acts chapter 1, verse 8. He says, after the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will be witnesses where? Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria to the uttermost parts of the earth. Mm -hmm. So the last thing he said was once again, a spirit empowered multicultural command. So the last thing Jesus says before his crucifixion and his ascension is basically, don't let your melanin and your pigment divide you from the gospel and the power to go find people that do not look like you and win them to the cross. And so the modern church, if it's just reaching the majority or you're black and you're just reaching black people, white just reaching white people, I would suggest or encourage us to step out on his last command and his ascension mm -hmm. instruction to go actually use the power of the gospel and find people that don't look like us. Yeah. Then we see the manifestation of it again in the Azusa Street Revival in 1906. There's a black man named William Seymour that has a multicultural, spirit-empowered movement where women is being used and the supernatural <laughs> is manifesting itself. Mm. And the same thing that God did in the early church and in the Azusa Street Revival, he wants to do now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A spirit-empowered, multi-ethnic movement where people come in our churches and they're like, okay, is this a black church? Is it a white church? No, this is Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. It looks like heaven. Yeah. 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 And, it, and the same principles apply to business, too. That's the thing. It applies across the board. <laughs> I, I've been in several organizations. Recently, we did a show with a young lady who goes into mm -hmm. specifically um, predominantly white organizations, and she helps them um, be intentional about hiring mm -hmm. um, people of color. Mm -hmm. From a pastoral perspective... Um, do you believe that organizations and including churches, mm -hmm. we should be intentional mm -hmm. about hiring people who do not look like the majority of people in the room? You have to be intentional. But, but okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Let me say this too. Then when I when we mm -hmm. say that, this is what I hear the response back. And I'm going to say this respectfully. I haven't heard this from a, a black okay. person. I've heard this okay. from a white person. Okay. I'm going to hire the best. Yes. And sometimes the best may not be black. Right. It may not be Hispanic. It may not be Asian. If the majority of the best are white, I'm hiring the best. Right. And then I, and I was like, okay, but so, and they're like, so do you want me to, and this is the part that gives me a little frustration. Yeah, this, is, this is a tough one. This is a tough one because mm -hmm. it's like, it's like, so if I have a white person here who's mm -hmm. the best, but then I have a black person here who may not be the best, do you want me to get the sub part? And I was like, oh man, mm -hmm. that's a tough question mm -hmm. because I'm like, why do we automatically, I, I don't know. So from a pastor perspective, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. how would you That's respond good. to somebody uh -huh. like that from a spiritual perspective? I would say that there's probably someone out there that is equal to them. You Come just on. haven't found them. Exactly. Yet. And that's the thing. It's the easy picking. So black people, um, mm. percentage-wise, we only make up 13% of the easy. U.S. population. Right. So it's easy to get on monsterjob.com or google.com and have a bunch of applicants come over. So if you really value diversity, you're going to have to be willing to sow the seed of hard work Ooh. to really find equal talent. But here's the deal, Anthony. They're out there. You Come just gotta on. be willing to find them. Pastor. I would not tell a person to hire someone who is subpar. Yeah. I would go say find somebody who is at that level, but they can still represent diversity, and they're out there. You can find them. Hey fam, quick question, and we'll get right back to the show. Are you tired of worrying about your money? Are you tired of hidden fees and long waiting times for your paycheck? Look no further. You see, with my friends at Chime, the number one most loved online banking app, you can say goodbye to all 
all that and say hello to stress-free finances. You know, with Chime, you get paid up to two days early. That means no more waiting around for your paycheck, no more worrying about unexpected fees like some of these other banks, and no more credit checks or large security deposits. Chime is all about providing you with the financial freedom we all deserve. Don't take my word for it. I want you to try Chime out today and see for yourself why it's so loved by many of our friends. Visit anthonyoneal.com forward slash Chime or click the link in today's show notes to get started and take control of your finances. Speaking of your finances, let's get back to today's show. That's helping you. Peace out. Come back. Y'all listen. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. It's Pastor Ken at the table, keeping it a buck. He is the author of As It Is in Heaven, How a Church That Resembles Heaven Can Help Heal Our Racial Divide. We got other books um, at the table, man. He's making me want to buy a box and give them away uh, because this this is important for, for all of us, um, literally all of us. I'm going to this on your camera now. Let's get that in your camera. Okay. Thing. All right. All right. All right. I need people. This, this is the book of the month. Yeah. This is the month, especially in Black History Month. Yeah. I think oftentimes we we celebrate black people, which we need uh-huh. to celebrate. Uh, we talk about history, mm-hmm. um, you know, during Black History Month, which is great. Mm-hmm. How do we change history? Right. You know, how, not change history, but how do we change the future and make a better history for our kids? Yeah. And it starts with, like you said, making our churches, making the world be as it is in heaven. Yeah. And, and I love this conversation uh, because I'm like, man, that's my thought. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, you have to be very intentional. And intentionality means it may take you a little bit longer. And intentionality from the onset can almost look like discrimination. <sighs> it almost feels like, why are you choosing them over me just because of their skin tone and their ethnicity? Yeah. But it's a different motive. It's the same action with a different motive. See, discrimination is saying that I'm choosing this person because I believe this race is superior or this person is better. Um, Intentionality says I'm choosing this person because I love people enough to make space so where everybody can belong. And so it's the same action but with a different motive. So my motive for intentionality is saying that I love people so much that I'm going to put some of my black music on the altar a little bit, put a little bit more diversity into the thing as a church. Mm -hmm. Why? Because I love humanity and I want to win people. So if I'm a business owner, I'm thinking, listen, I love diversity so much that we do these things that are culturally in one lane. So now in my business, I'm going to do these things because I love diversity so much. I want to make space to let you know you belong here. Yeah. And that's the key. People need to know that they belong here, Uh especially in the church world. So intentionality is the thing. So we were um, all black, 99% black for 10 years. So we've been in ministry for 15 years. And we began our church saying this is a church for all people. We put it on the website. We put it on the business card everywhere. Yeah, yeah. 10 years. Come on, man. People would come. Come on. They would leave. Yeah, yeah. They would come and they would leave. And for 10 years. So this is a 10-year book. This is not written off of 2020. Right. This ain't got nothing to do with that. This has to do with a revelation that God gave us. After 10 years of trying, he gave us certain principles. And the number one thing that you have to do if you want to build a diverse space is intentionality. So what we did, we did... Um, I had a thing called G3 okay. come out of Galatians 3 where it says we're neither Jew nor um, uh, Greek, we're neither male or female, but one in Christ Jesus. It is not eradicating the differences of gender or something like that. It's basically saying we're all equal when we're in Christ. And so I sat down with 20 white people. That was all the white people I had in my church. I said, come over to my house. And they sat down in my living room. They said, wow, wow. They looked around. They didn't know why they was coming. They was all white in there. And I said, <laughs> and I said how do you feel about our church? 
oh, we love this church. One person said, um, I was addicted to alcohol and I've been um, alcohol free in this church and my marriage has been restored. We love this church. I said, why don't your friends go here? And they start to open up. Well, we've been persecuted coming here. Mm-hmm. My, f- my family tell me, well, you go to an all-black church. Mm-hmm. And even the people in the church sometimes, they act like they don't really want us here. Mm. And I said, listen, do you love this church you called here? They said, yeah, 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 we love it. I said, I want you to own this vision. I said, I want you to galvanize yourself, and I want you to be my G3 crew. And so what I want you to do is I want you 20 people to turn yourself into 200 people over the next 12 months. I said, I want you to get in the front of the parking lot. I want you to get on the, on the stage. Even if you can't on. sing, we'll turn your microphone down. Yeah. I said, I want you to get in, I want you to, um, I said on my social media, 50-50 pictures. If you show a black person, show a white person, show a white person, show a brown person, show a brown person, show a yellow person. Everything that we do, you have to show people, and this is what we're showing them, that you belong here. Come on. And those 20 people changed themselves into 200 people, and then the ball began to roll. And now our church is about 50-50, and uh, it's getting more diverse every single day. Now I got to go back in one of my campuses and go the opposite way, so y'all need some more black people. <laughs> Don't lie. I went through group track. I was like, ain't no black people. Y'all need to go the other way. Because diversity is something that you got to continue yeah, to balance. Yeah, yeah. It will easily go one way. Right. And so this is something that's important to us because I believe it's kingdom. Man, listen. <laughs> I want to commend you. Yeah. Because I'm oftentimes persecuted mm-hmm. for where I stand as a black man. Mm-hmm. When I was in a predominant white world, mm-hmm. I felt like I was too black. Mm-hmm. Then in the black world, oh, you're a sellout. Mm-hmm. And then God told me, no, the problem is you're trying to adapt to the world that I didn't make. Yeah. You're, you're not That's adapting it. to my world. Mm-hmm. And when he said that, and I felt that, mm-hmm. I really started to accept who I am as a person. Yeah. I love black and white people equally. Yeah. I have a passion for the black message, especially around money, yeah. because we... we in the, in the black community, we, we need a little that. bit more. Yeah. You know, we need more representation. Mm-hmm. But when, I, when my heart, man, is literally for everybody. And I think sometimes I struggle. I'll be in a white world. I see no black person on the board. I see no black person making mm-hmm. leadership moves. Mm-hmm. Then when I'm in a black world, we say we're for all people, but we have no white people on stage. Mm-hmm. We have no white people talking into how to expand our, our visions in our church. Even on my company, it's not it's not massive yet, mm-hmm. but I'm being intentional about having white people on my team. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, listen, if this doesn't fit, mm-hmm. if this doesn't make you feel comfortable, mm-hmm. yo, let me know. Yeah. Some of my shows, I send it to white people like, hey, uh-huh. that did this? How did this make you feel? Yeah, yeah. You know, because I want to make sure yeah. that I'm being intentional about, hey, I'm not offending. Yeah. And one one of my white teammates said, well, that did kind of offend me a little bit. I said, yeah. well, let's talk about it. Yeah. Because I want to understand. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. You know, like, let's, let's, let's. Relationally. Let's, right. Because mm-hmm. help me understand why. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what I've noticed is at the end of that conversation, mm-hmm. either that particular individual understood me better and it no longer was an offense mm-hmm. or I learned, okay, I need to say it differently mm-hmm. because here's, here's the truth, man. I, I, and, and this is me speaking the same pastor speaking. Mm-hmm. I hear black people. I hear black people say black people can't be racist. <laughs> That's, crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. And I'm no, like, I, yeah, mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. but we can be racist. Yeah. You know? And I'm like, so what? And I'm like, no, and I want to make sure that Anthony O'Neill doesn't come off racist. Yeah. You know, and I, and I say it publicly, like, mm-hmm. 
Let's 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 have let's have a let's have a pastor to a member's perspective. Okay. Right? Um, so you 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 pastor me, educate me, and tell me what's the best way to go about it, and and stuff like that. I believe there is nothing wrong with a black or a white woman or or multiracial relationships. Right. I went on the record and said that I would never date outside of my race because I am I desire a black woman. Right. Oh, I got attacked by the white community. Oh, you're racist. Right. And then the black community was like, yeah. Yeah. They was like, yeah, that's what we need more like him. Yeah. But then I offended my white brothers and sisters. Yeah. When I was just simply saying this, like, yo, I just, I, I, I am attracted to a black woman. Yeah. I'm, I'm not attracted to anything outside of the black woman. Yeah. So as a pastor, uh-huh. what, what can I say better uh-huh. that comes off, okay, uh, he's not racist. Uh-huh. Like, what could I have said better? Bro. I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> I'm glad you keep it real on this show. I'm serious, bro. Okay. So this is my perspective on it. Yeah, yeah. I think you're attracted to who you're attracted to. Mm-hmm. And if you like a darker-skinned woman, praise God. If mm. you like a woman with a certain kind of hair or a certain kind of shape, <sighs> yes, Lord, it's naturally attracted to, and that's okay. Pass it's the booty for me. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's some white women with booty. Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. You're right. Uh, Come on, Pass, let's keep it real. Uh, let's keep it real. Let's keep it real. Let's keep it real. Uh, but... I will, I will give you a different perspective. Okay. Because in the eyes of God, there's not multiple races. Okay. There's one race. Yeah, yeah. The human race. Okay. And the human race has different ethnos, different ethnicities, different colors, different cultures to it. Yeah. But ultimately, there's one race. Yeah. So in Genesis, where he says everything will produce after its kind, yeah, yeah. trees will produce more trees, animals will produce more animals, people produce more people. The devil has taken a small thing, our pigment of our skin, to divide us. And it is only... Um, people are 99.9% the same, genetically speaking, meaning that if I have the same blood type as a white man, I might be able to get a kidney from him, but I can't get it from you. Mm. We have made our pigment and our melanin more in the more than what it's supposed to be in the eyes of God. Remember how the scripture said, from dust you came to the dust you're going to return? Right. We are really different color of dust. There's a different color of dirt in North Carolina. There's red dirt in West Virginia. It's black dirt in Exuma, Bahamas. There's white dirt. From the dust you came to the dust you're going to return. Yeah. So the truth, biblically, is that there's not multiple races. Okay. There's one race, the yeah. human race. Beautiful things happen when blacks and white comes together. Mm-hmm. My wife, Tabitha, is half white and half black. Amen. And she fine as can be. <laughs> I've told my kids, I don't care who you marry, as long as they love Jesus, you're equally yoked, and their name ain't Chewbacca. Chewbacca. Chewbacca from Star Wars. (laughs) Now, if they come down the aisle and I say, who gives this this in marriage today? And they come and say, like Chewbacca, we got a problem. That's a different species. Yeah. So you can't marry a cow, a goat. You can't marry no frogs (laughs) or giraffes. But if you marry another human being, yeah. it's okay. Yeah. So you have your personal preferences. Like, right. I have personal preferences. Absolutely. I know what I like. And that's you know all that I was saying. Yeah, that's all you were saying. And I probably should have phrased it that way. Right. My personal preference mm-hmm. is a black woman. It's right. just something about that, that skin complexion that get me. Yeah. You know? But you know what? Um, I think that some people will hear that and almost... They conclude the other way. Absolutely. Black should be with blacks. White should be with whites. I don't understand why. And that's not true. Yeah. And it's honestly completely offensive to people that are of mixed ethnicity, which all of us are of mixed ethnicity because we all come from one blood. According to the scripture, Acts chapter 17, we come from the one blood who is Adam. So really, we all cousins. You married your cousin. Oh, married a cousin. They don't even know it. They don't even know. They don't even know. They married a cousin. You know what, though? That is so true. Jesus said that. Mm-hmm. 
Because if your wife was single, she would be offended by that statement. Mm -hmm. Black woman. Mm -hmm. When she's, in today's day and time, a mixed woman. She's a mixed woman. You know, so it's like, man, I, I, uh, man, and if you do that's that, convicted, man. That's listen, conviction. If you do 23 and me, most people find out we all a little mixed. Yeah. That, I mean, naturally. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? We all a little mixed. <laughs> Absolutely, man. And, and, I, and I think that that's an important conversation. I, yeah. One of my good friends, um, one of my good friends, uh, how do I say this? Like, they, he married a white woman. Mm-hmm. And at first I was like, bro. Mm-hmm. And then I, I, I shut up. Mm-hmm. But when I see their dynamic, mm-hmm. bro, they, they meant for each other. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm like, yeah. I had a problem. Mm-hmm. I had a question. Mm-hmm. But, bro, they love each other. Mm-hmm. She loves him. Mm-hmm. And I think the dopest thing that I really found out about their relationship was they love each other so much that they can come together and have that real conversation. Yeah. The conversation that sometimes we feel as if it could be uncomfortable. Because mm-hmm. one of the hardest things... Pause, I'm sorry. Do you see that blue screen? Yeah, I was going to sneak over there. Oh. <laughs> I got to keep hitting that thing. This, this conversation was good. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. This conversation was good. Turn it off? That thing shut down? Nah, because I had the questions on there. <laughs> okay. Um, Dude, that, was, that conversation was going good, Pastor Ken. I normally touch my... Oh, that's when we normally plug it in. I, I can end on it. I can end on it. I'll just turn it off. I can end. We flowing. You ready? Yeah. <clears throat> and I felt bad, man. Yeah. I had to literally uh, ask God for forgiveness. Um, two, I apologized to him, my friend. Okay. For the internal thought. Yeah. It wasn't that I was, I'm being honest, like I, it wasn't I was racist against her, but I was like, man, dude, you're a black man, you need to marry a black woman. Yeah. But then when I really started getting around her more, yeah. and really looking at the the, the, the dynamic of their relationship, yeah. these were two God-fearing people yeah. who loved the heck out of each other, yeah. who worshiped together, mm-hmm. who she had his back. Mm-hmm. And whenever he had a, an issue as a, 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 a black man, mm-hmm. man, she had his back. Yeah. Whenever she felt some issues with her or some questions about her mm-hmm. perspective from a white perspective, right. man, they had a healthy conversation. Wow. And I was like, yo. Yeah. Like, like, wow. But can I highlight something that you just said? Yeah, yeah. You apologized. Absolutely. And you repented. Absolutely. And I really believe there's people who's watching this like, maybe if our perspective has not been biblical mm-hmm. and we are a Christian, yeah. or maybe we just find out that, you know what, I've been a little anti this or it hasn't been spot on. Yeah. We need to start right there. Just being humble and apologizing. Being like, you know what? My perspective has been off. Yeah. Do you know how many white people have probably raised their kids saying, well, you don't date a black man? Oh, man, a lot. Like kind of man. A lot. Or how many black people or, ra- or how many Hispanics, you don't date anybody who's not Latino? Bro, listen. Listen, I want to, I want, in the body of Christ, I believe we should raise our kids to find somebody that loves yeah. Jesus and will honor us and honor his word and yeah. honor the kingdom first. Yeah. Yeah. Everything else is second. Man, listen, I am... I, um, <laughs> You know, we, uh, man, dude, I wish we had an hour show. Good God, but we could talk about this all day long. Because there's so much we could talk about. Right, like right. how the black community was so upset that Deion Sanders left the HBCU, went to a, a PMI. And I'm right. like, he, 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 
What's wrong? Right. Like right. he he abandoned the black people. He didn't abandon nobody. Yeah. I really do believe that Deion Sanders, Deion Sanders is operating in his assignment and calling over his life. Yeah. And I'm like, he's not only called to black people, he's called to young people, period. Yeah. Helping them be good in their field, helping them be good in their positions, helping and just using his gifts and talents. I mean, every time he get a chance, he's promoting God. Right. He is. Every time he get a chance, he's helping a white kid, a black kid, whoever kid, better their skills off so they can go pursue their dreams. Right. Like, so for me, Deion Sanders has the promotion of the Lord. You know, it's God who promotes us. And I know a lot of people felt that he was leaving the black community. I looked at it as that he's expanding the black community. He's expanding our reach. He's expanding our influence. He's expanding our perspective. And to that, I say expand on, brother. We got to have, and thank you. Thank you so much. We got to have the heaven perspective. Yeah, we do. We, we, do. we have to, and we got to stop saying, if you're black, oh, you need to be only for black people. No, man. Because I'll be honest with you. And I'm trying to be careful with my words, because I want to make sure that I don't, I, I don't offend nobody. So if I can offend somebody, you tell me, Pastor. <laughs> and my team is already looking at me like, the clock, the clock, the clock. Hey, man, listen, I, I run this. We're going to go over a little bit. <laughs> Sometimes I felt like giving up on white people because of what my black brothers and sisters said. Mm. And in some seasons, it was the stress from the black community mm. that stressed me out more than the white community. Mm. Mm. Because it was your sellout. Yeah. Your Oreo. Right. You're this, you're that. Mm. It, and I'm going to go deeper. Mm. It was the black people in the Christian community. In the Christian community. And I'm like, yo, I'm doing my assignment yeah. that God made me to do. Right. And it is my Christian black brothers and sisters mm -hmm. who made me feel like right. I'm not doing my assignment. Yeah. And then it was my white brothers and sisters saying, yo, you're doing your assignment. What's the problem? I was depressed. Yeah. I was emotional. Yeah. I would cry yeah. because I'm like, God, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Because I got two group of people calling themselves Christians. Right. And I'm being pulled different ways. Mm -hmm. And God said, Well, just let me know when you're ready to release all that relieve all that. Mm -hmm. Because if you could just come back in the middle yes, and just be stuck on me. Stuck on him. And just do what I'm telling you to do, wow. you will see there's a community there for you. And let them be over here and let them be over there. And he's saying, watch this. You're going to do that. You're going to lose some black friends. Yeah. You're going to lose some white friends. Some relationships are going to end. But that's okay. Because you're going to gain him. I'm going to gain him. Mm -hmm. And when I really got into that perspective, man, I haven't made all the right decisions. I'll be honest. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, still yeah. human. I'm still flawed. But I felt like, man, I can honestly do now what I want to do. Yeah. So I got a question for you. Okay. It's going to be a hard one. Okay. It's going to be a hard one. I'm ready. Can Christians be racist? <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because they asked me this question on a TV um, a network one time, and it broke the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Can Christians be racist? Of course Christians can be racist. <laughs> 
How can a Christ-like individual be racist? When I said that, do you know what people were saying? Not if they're really followers of Christ, they can't be racist. And I get that. Like, if you really follow Jesus, well, then you won't have the definition of classical racism is one racist superior to another. Okay. Because you'll understand we've all been created in the image and likeness of God. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But are there people who say they love Jesus that our churches are filled with that have stereotype biases, prejudices, and they do believe that they're race. Matter of fact, racism was seen in the church. <laughs> if you go to Ghana, there was um, slave in, in quarters, and then there was churches right beside. That is not an indictment on the church, and it's not an indictment on the Bible. It's just letting us know that flawed, sinful people. Matter of fact, if you look at Jim Crow laws and if you look through history, you will see that some people thought that segregation was godly. They would go to church with a Bible and then hold up a sign yes. saying, keep us apart. Yeah. And they got it out of the Bible. What's that? That is a perversion and a twisting of the scripture. Yeah. That, is, that is not the intent of God. We see the intent of God throughout scripture that we've all been made in the image and likeness of, of, of God. Yeah. And so can Christians be racist? Mm. The answer that I would have, which people love to debate, you can debate if you want to. Mm-hmm. Would be yeah, a Christian because Christians aren't perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. just because I say that I'm a Christian, man, people still have. They still gossip. They still lie a little bit. Come on, they man. Still do this. They still do that. Come on, man. They say they love Jesus, but can a mature Christian be racist? Our hope is that you'll grow out of that. You know. Yeah. But I'll say one more thing that break the internet, and this will go back to what you were saying before about the pressure and the persecution. This is one that I'm going to say it because I know it's that statement. Yeah. It's going to hit somebody, and it's going to make you think. Right. It's going to be challenging. Make us think. It's going to be offensive to okay. some, but right. it's going to be liberating to others. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't look at myself as a black man Uh-oh. that's saved. I look at my say, myself as a saved man that happens to be black. One is what I am. The other is who I am. Stay with me for a second. Okay. Because many people are putting their blackness over their Christianity. <sighs> or their whiteness over their, or whatever your race happens to be. But I start that I am a born-again creature. I am born from above. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. That doesn't mean I don't, I don't love my heritage. That doesn't mean I throw away my history and my family. That just means that first, when you look at me, I want you to look at me as a man of faith, a man of integrity, a man of character, a man who's developing the, the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit first, and I happen to be black. What's happening right now is that there's such a pro-black movement that I think we need to be careful because it could be against the pro-kingdom movement. Mm. And a pro-kingdom movement is different than a pro-black movement. So I am a man of God first that loves my melanin. I wouldn't want to be nothing else. I love being a black man. I love my history, my heritage, everything that I I love it all. But I'm first a born-again child of God. That's who I am. My identity is found there. And then that takes, <laughs> it takes the, the sting off of it a little bit yeah. because people are trying to force me, oh, you're an Uncle Tom and you don't do this and you don't do that. What does my Bible say? Because that's the foundation of what I believe. So I'm going to go back to the word. And if I can't appease you and please you just because I'm not saying what you want me to say, I'm a pastor. I'm not a puppet. Mm. And a lot of people want people to be puppets. puppets. And you're not a puppet. You're an influencer. Oh. You're a kingdom builder. You're a child of God. Man. And listen, even as a, a, like I was a black businessman years. I have a business degree, not a theology degree. I was, I lived in the Washington DC area, owned a very successful real estate brokerage. And there are so many people that are, when it comes to business, they're even black business, black business. And that's, a, that's good. If you mm. Uh, have a hair salon or a black product, mm-hmm. but that is very limiting. Mm. If you're 13% of the population mm. and the wealth is 
on the other side, mm -hmm. I need to make my business so I can attract all people. Mm -hmm. So I am a black man that's in business, mm -hmm. not necessarily a black business. Mm -hmm. We need two hours for the show, I know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just things to think about. Not saying that this way is right, but like think about it a little bit differently, you know? Just think about it differently. You know, I got a George Floyd situation came up and mm. the world went went crazy, which totally agreed to why the world was was fighting for justice. Um I was attacked by the black community at the time. I was in Nashville, Tennessee, working with Ramsey Solutions, and I was paused on on sharing my thoughts. Hmm. Um, and one of the reasons why I paused on sharing my thoughts was because I was literally in the middle. Hmm. Then I started seeing that black people were going in and rioting and burning black businesses down, hmm. burning white businesses down breaking into cars and all that type of stuff. And I didn't say nothing about George Floyd before then. Hmm. People had their thoughts about me because of where I was and who I was attached to. Um, and I had freedom to, to say whatever I wanted to say with them. They never told me not to say anything. But I said something when I started seeing that black people were riding companies Mm -hmm. Breaking into cars mm -hmm. that wasn't theirs, breaking into stores that wasn't theirs, and saying Black Lives Matter. And I said, yo, this is not kingdom. Mm -hmm. I did a video, and I literally did a whole video saying, yo, breaking into other people's businesses, hurting other people's property, black, white, you name it, right. that had nothing to do with this. Right. That is not justice. Mm -hmm. That is not kingdom. Right. That is... What does that do for us? Right. And I was attacked because, like, yo, we're tired. I said, I get it. Mm -hmm. But what does that do? Mm -hmm. Now I just heard another black business. Mm -hmm. Now they got to go and file insurance. And now they got to go. But we're screaming black lives matter. What mm -hmm. about lives mm -hmm. matter? Uh, people's stuff matter. Let's 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 fight for justice. Yeah. But also let's 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 take care of our kingdom, brothers and sisters. Yeah. And it's like, man, I hear you, mm -hmm. you know, I hear you. That's a deep revelation you have. I'll be mm -hmm. honest. I, I, that's a deep, you got me thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, well, that's you got me thinking, man, because I'm like, I'm a black man in business. Mm -hmm. But now, I'll be honest, man, the majority of my guests are black. Mm -hmm. And I feel as if a part of me, and we got to go, man, I'm so sorry, y'all. You have but, a but, call to help strengthen black people. Yeah. So year. how do I, how do I, mm -hmm. how do I own that, mm -hmm. you know? While not pigeonholing yourself. Exactly. That's who that's You over. can own it. Okay. There are some people that that's what you do. Right. That's your calling. Yeah. That's your lane you should run in. Run in it well. But then there's other people who are trying to start off and they're pigeonholing themselves because they're going for too narrow of a market share. Mm. So if I'm a realtor yeah. and I just say, hey, I'm here to help black people. I'm here to help black people find yeah. a home. What about your neighbor? What about the people at the YMCA? What about all these other people that you could sell a home to? Yeah. When I go to your website, it's all about black people. the blackness. And I'm just saying that everybody's money is green. 
service black people, you know what I'm saying? But also service everybody else, the majority. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because we want you to be able to make as much money as possible and to be as blessed as possible. That's the principle. So we're not giving you laws, we're giving you principles, disciplines to consider. (laughs) Yo, man, (laughs) Pastor Kenyon, the author of As It Is in Heaven, Mm -hmm. How a Church That Resembles Heaven Can Help Heal Our Nation Divide. This is a book that for this entire month is the book of the month that I want to encourage you all um, to get. I think it's 30, 38% of my audience are white. Love you all. I, I really genuinely want to say that. I I love you all. And I want to apologize to my white brothers and sisters if I've ever said anything that does offend you as a black man. As, no, I'm sorry. As a Christian man who is black. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to challenge us today, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, whatever that is, if you think you've said something or thought something that is not of God, that could be considered race, racial, number one, you need to pray and ask God to figure out what is that on the inside of you. And you need to repent and ask God for forgiveness. Then if I was you, the next step is I will be bold and apologize to that person. Because while you may not have said it, the reason why I apologize to my brother is because he felt what I was thinking. Mm. And I didn't want our relationship to be hindered because of my lack of immaturity Mm. to apologize to him for what I was thinking. Mm -hmm. And when I apologize, I apologize. I owned it. And I said, it will never happen again. Come on. I didn't want to say, well, but no, 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 no. Yes, sir. That thought was wrong. Mm -hmm. I I am completely different. Mm -hmm. It wasn't racist, but I understand it's not always about the intent. It's also about the impact. Yeah. And I have to, I have to learn that sometimes my thoughts or my words and my actions can impact mm-hmm. someone else. And I have to own how that impacted them. Mm-hmm. And I want to encourage you all. Listen, if you need guidance, if you need help, get this book. Mm-hmm. It's going to walk you through thoughts and it's going to challenge you like, like uh, Pastor Ken says. And then figure out what do we need to do. Mm-hmm. This is for black, whites, everybody, mm-hmm. everybody. And it has me thinking, to be honest. You know, I have a, I have a strong team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, but I would definitely say one, two. So we're 80% black, mm-hmm. 20% white. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think moving forward, I, I need to be a little bit more intentional mm-hmm. about, okay, cool. Um, I, I need to get, you know, I need to get at least another another white person working with me mm-hmm. um, to help me with those perspectives. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go on record and say this to the camera, y'all. If you're a white organization and everyone who's making all the decisions look like you, mm-hmm. you need to be intentional mm-hmm. to get a black person mm-hmm. to help you think. And, and I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, Pastor, I think it's important because the white culture, the black culture, we have different cultures, mm-hmm. and if if everyone thinks and operates the same, mm-hmm. you know, then you got it. It's going to be hard to attract someone else, right? You know, and 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 I and I'm just I'm just very big on that, man. And that's why I actually come on the show during this month because um, we're supposed to get you on a while ago, and I said, man, this would be a perfect book though for Black History Month because yeah. it brings a different perspective. It's just different. Mm-hmm. It's a different conversation that is needed. Yeah. 
especially during this time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so I know y'all probably jumped in here because y'all thought it was going to go in all black, 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 and da 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 No, this is kingdom. Yeah, this is kingdom. This this is this is what heaven mm-hmm. is. Because here's the truth. When we die, mm-hmm. we ain't going to see the majority of people look like us. Right. right. <laughs> it's going to be heaven looking. Right. And I like the sound of that. Yeah. And so uh, we got to start having a conversation. So listen, we're going to drop um, all of Pastor Ken's information. It's church information. Um, if you all want to check it out, one of the most um, uh, thriving churches in the United States of America, a solid preacher. He's good friends with my best friend and also my pastor, Pastor Stephen Chandler, um, and uh, black, white in the area. Get to his church. So we'll drop all of, it, all of his information there below. Um, then also we're going to drop the Amazon link to this book. Um, but if you join our email list, um, we're going to be giving away um, we got five here now. Man, I'm going to go ahead and order a case of books, and uh, we're going to be giving away a case of these books. So just join the email list. I mean, my team will be just giving these out um, uh, to you, but you got to be a part of the email list because we want to help um, change the perspective yeah. and bring it. Here. And this book, just just so you know, this is not just for church people. Mm. This is a book for business people, that, mm. um, um, they're business diverse, yeah. community leaders that want more diversity in their community. This is for believers that yeah. just have been saying, God, I want to be a part of the answer. What do I do about division and racism? We're going to give you tools in your toolbox. Yeah. And this is a book. It's not a theology book. It's not a book based upon social justice. It's a book mm. really about my life That's and good. the principles that God has taught me. And people say it's funny. Yeah. People say it's healing in the book. Yeah, yeah. People say it's refreshing in the book. That's so if you want a life-giving perspective, this is the book. That's the book. Hey, man, give me that book. <laughs> give me that book. I got, I got to be honest with my people. I got to give it away. Yeah. Yo, man, we love you all, and uh, we'll see you in the next show. Peace out. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.